Well, here we are. Only this time, I am not alone. I've got a guest and I cannot wait for you to meet them. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Deb here from the Market Your Biz Better podcast. I'm so excited for today. The podcast today, the casual conversation that I'm having with my dear friend, Jack Fish. You are going to love her. There are so many questions that you guys submitted. I can't wait for you to get to know her, to learn from her, to be inspired by her, because I can tell you that this is a, this is a topic that we have not even scratch the surface on on the Market Your Biz Better podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and get started. Welcome, Jack. How are you? Hi, I am so good. I'm so excited to ch chat with you. It might be the coffee or it might be you or it might be a combination of both. <laughs> I'm excited. Okay. I feel the same. I totally, totally feel the same. I feel like um, I probably had too much coffee. I do have water with me, but I'm going to try to keep this calm and creative because I feel like you and I are in very much alignment when it comes to content. And I want to tell you that the reason I invited you to be a guest um, here on the Market Your Biz Better podcast is because honestly, I love your style. Like I love how chill you are and how patient you are. And I've known you for, I don't know, seven, eight months. You and I are in the same um, mastermind. And I was attracted to like your, your, energy is really the, the main thing. Like I was like, yep, I'm totally going to be friends with Jack. Like it was kind of like first day at school right away. Like the strawberry <laughs> blonde hair, the chill vibe, the I'm going to absorb as much as I can. And so I just wanted you to know that that was like the number one reason I was like, please be a guest on my podcast. The second reason is because I know you're going to kill it and share so much value with my listeners. So for that, I just wanted you to know that, but tell us, tell us about you. Tell us about your business. First, thank you. That is the nicest thing. And to hear that my energy connected with you, like that's something that I put out there and don't often get a lot of feedback on directly. So thank you for saying that. Yeah. I am so excited to hear that. Yeah. Okay. About me. Hi, yeah. I'm, I'm Jack. <laughs> I'm a writer and intuitive writing coach for mainly two types of people, creative business owners, coaches, branding experts. I help them sound human in their copy so that they can sell more and get more clients. And the other kinds of people I work with are writers and creatives who want time, space, and a creative container to find the time to work on their passion projects because otherwise they aren't getting done. Mm, I know. And I think, again, like so aligned because I also love working with creative business owners and I know that you have this special sauce, these, these magic tools that you share with your audience to help them get their stories out to their their dream clients so tell me a little bit about your relationship with marketing as far as um your business and what what is your business name are you your name are you another business name i am my name there's yeah. a, a offshoot of my brand which is called write like a mofo and that's that's a community that i i run organize where we do co-writing and i i coach other business owners and other writers to get their writing done and helping people make it their writing better. Yeah. Okay. So tell us about your relationship with marketing for your business. My relationship with marketing. I, so I went to school for marketing, but it was so long ago that it's like irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> and then after I went from 
marketing degree. I think I graduated, I don't know, 99, 2000. So marketing is very different from what I learned in school. And then I went into management consulting and corporate communications. So not at all related to marketing. Um, I've been full-time in my business for a little over three years. And I think I've naturally gravitated towards a feel-good approach to marketing. Mm. It, it has to feel aligned and feel good to how, to how I put myself out there. So for instance, when I was first getting started in my business, what felt right to me was emailing people, emailing everybody I knew and said, hey, this is what I'm up to. I didn't feel like I was being salesy or spammy. Yep. I was genuinely connecting with people and reconnecting with old colleagues and saying, hey, this is what I'm up to. I'm excited about it. Can I help you? Mm. <laughs> and that is how I got my first few clients. And then they told people and they told people, um, I've never paid for an ad on any, anywhere. Yep. It's all word of mouth and what feels aligned and good to me. So, if, and then there's a little bit of playing with that. Like if something feels a little bit scary to me, I need to figure out if that's, am I, am I afraid of it because of some other reason or is this really not aligned with how I want to market myself? So I love that because I was going to share that um, on one of your bios that I found your title is, or your, I'll put in like air quotes, intuitive gut checker. <laughs> and I got, when I saw that, first of all, you're a writing coach, you're so passionate, you've gone from corporate to building a business online, but you're an intuitive gut checker. And I was like, yes, like that that to me is the most important quality of especially an online business owner to have things feel easy and light and inspired and aligned so tell me what it feels like when you are doing the gut check for yourself for your writing for a client like when you're in a conversation can we go a little deeper into that gut checking, that intuitive gut checking piece? Because yeah. I think it's something that I really want to help my audience, my clients, especially my community to understand the importance of listening to that moment when things are feeling off. So I'd love to go a little deeper into that. Yeah, absolutely. So intuitive gut checker, intuitive and intuition. It's one of those words or knowings that I've had for years and only in recent years started articulating. Like yeah. I used to just leave that out and I only started to embrace that when my clients started to tell me that, like th when they'd say things like, Oh, that's exactly what I was trying to say. How did you know? Mm -hmm. Or if someone shows me a bunch of their website copy and I get stuck on a sentence and I'm reading, like it's a seemingly normal everyday sentence. And it's not like there's anything wrong with sentence structure or grammar. I care more about impact than that than grammar anyway. And I'm, I, and there's something in there and I, I can't pick it up. So it's part of like trusting that knowing and being like, Hey, tell me more about this. Mm. And it's like listening to those nudges and where you get stuck and like, what's, what's in that for you. 
So that's me serving as an intuitive gut checker for other people. And then in my own work, it's, it's a dance. It's an ebb and flow. It's when you, or when I'm like unconsciously compelled to just start writing something. Mm. When, when, when that happens, it's like, oh, I got to follow this. Mm. <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't go anywhere. Sometimes I'm surprised by what I write. It's, it, it's interesting. And it's trusting that that is happening for a reason. Yeah. Even if you don't know the reason right away and you might not discover that reason for years, which is also true, which is a big practice. And like you said, patience, like sitting back, letting it happen, trusting the process. It's, It's a balance between trusting what's happening and taking action. So, so often I, I hear in the, in this space where people are like, Oh, I'm just going to trust whatever the universe delivers to me. That's mm. great. And what are you going to do? Mm. It's, so true balance between the trusting of the process and taking action and taking inspired action. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. So you mentioned a couple of things about staying true, um, you know, going deeper, being patient. I know that um, when people are writing, whether they're writing, you know, their bio or um, a sales page, maybe, or even just, you know, a social media post, for example, how do we trade, how do do you coach people or how would you guide us on how to stay true and be authentic rather than seeing what everyone else is doing and trying to do that? Yeah, that's a, that's a big question. There's a lot a lot of ways noise can creep in yeah and you're not doing what necessarily feels good to you staying true and being authentic it's a journey and it's going to be constantly changing and i think so i think this is good news so when some people say like how do i find my writing voice Mm. or how do i find my authentic voice Mm. i don't think you find it i think you create it and knowing that can hopefully relieve some pressure (laughs) for your people because if I look back on things I've written years ago or even a year ago sometimes I cringe I'm like like I wouldn't say it like that anymore that's how I said it at the time and that's perfectly okay so some some like practical ways to know that the writing is coming from you is perhaps journaling first Mm-hmm. So it, I recommend one of two things, depending on how you process. If you're an internal processor, like you need to think about things or write about things before you know what you think, then I would suggest journaling. If you are an external processor and just talking something out helps you get to an answer, then I suggest doing a like talk to text app and mm-hmm. see what comes out. And so if you're doing journaling, for instance, set a timer for five minutes stream of consciousness, free writing, morning pages, whatever you call it, getting the junk out of your head and onto the page can help you kind of move any noise that's in there. Mm. So even if you're, you have that outside noise in your head and you're, you're putting it all down on the page, it's there. And then you can begin writing. You might not use those journal pages for anything at all. And then if you are an external processor, talk for a couple minutes, 
feel free to be as rambly and as long-winded as you want. And then you'll have a transcription of something to come from. And those are your, your words. Um, another practice to stay true to what's your voice is create before you consume. So this means for me, I need to write before I go look at social media, before I read email, I read newsletters. It's, it's a deliberate practice in staying in my lane and keeping that eyes on my own paper. <laughs> yeah, that, that in itself, that, that create before you consume. Oh my gosh, Jack, that is like, I've never heard it spoken like that, but that is 100% vital. Mm -hmm. um, and I will tell you that I think the reason why my voice is so consistent is because I don't consume. Yeah. I literally stopped consuming. In 2016, I stopped consuming. I don't download freebies. I don't join groups just to join. Like I literally said, I have everything I need. And I will tell you for someone who will, I will say till I'm blue in the face and I know every author, writing coach, everybody I know who knows me well, tells me that I'm wrong, but I, I, I definitely speak better than I write. I overthink when I blog. Um, but one, every single time, every day someone reads something or hears me, reads an email, they tell me they hear my voice in my words. Mm. And I know that that's a shift in the writing world, you know, where you're writing what you're thinking and what you're reading um, but like it, for me, it's that voice translation, like, and it's not like a text app. It's literally, I put in words, what I would say if you were listening to my voice. And I do believe it's cause I create before I consume or I don't consume at all. So I, I'm going to get you a mug that says create before you consume. <laughs> that is, oh my gosh, Jack. It's huge. And I, and I also know that because I learned what the opposite is when yeah. I, you know, when you're first starting your business, you download all the freebies, you do all the things, yes. there's so much noise, conflicting advice. Who do I listen to? Who's right? So right air quotes, right or wrong. Like yeah. there is a right or wrong. <laughs> um, and, and then I spent so much time in my head thinking about things, but not doing things. Yeah. And sometimes those things you create aren't going to go anywhere. Oh my gosh. I am like sitting, I am leaning, right? I wish you could see me. I am leaning like into the laptop. My hands are on my lap. I feel like that's it because everyone that I work with or see in my sphere or in my community, it's like, I read a blog that said, blah, blah, blah. Right. I was told on a video that I should be posting seven times a day. Like this is, this is why they're not taking action. They're constantly consuming and questioning what they're consuming. It's like, find one person as a mentor, find some, one author that you adore, find one, I hate the word guru, but I'm going to say it, one expert or guru that has tested and tried things, but don't consume everybody's everything. It's just, it doesn't do you or your audience any good. It serves no one. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. 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 Okay. So speaking of me, we're going to keep on like the Deb Laflamme train right now. I prefer to skim and scan content, whether it's a blog post or show notes on a podcast. How would you, now it is, you know, online world, it's fast paced. Like you blink and there's a new post. There's, you blink and there's a new blog. You blink and there's a new review. 
So how could my audience gain techniques for writing for those of us like myself, I know I'm not alone, that skim and scan to get what to get the message that I need to hear today? I love that question. I'm a skimmer too. Most people are skimmers. We skim and then if something sounds good to us, we keep reading more. So the, the purpose of the skim is to either one, be able to get what you need from like a blog post or an email mm. or, or to communicate what it's all about really quickly. Yeah. So to do it, I suggest two ways, one of two ways and, I, and experiment with both to see what works for you. Um, way one is to outline. So outline what you are sharing. If it's like five things to make you a better writer, what are those five things? Yes. Why do I want to be a better writer? and list, list an outline for your article or whatever it is you're writing, social media post, and then fill, fill it in. So you have your main points, which you could, and then there's visual formatting. You would take those main points that you had in your outline and perhaps bold them or use a, a headline font, something like that. The other way to do it, and this is how I personally operate because I, I like to write and get everything out, is brain dump everything onto the page, get it out and then go back in and look where you visually need a break. So if you see like three big blocks of text, like, okay, can I, is this three different ideas? Where can I sum it up? And so starting with visually and noticing when you are changing topics or going down a path of a story and there's a big break. Yeah. And the easy way I do that is look at a paragraph say, what's the point of this paragraph? And I give it a title. Or you can even take, if you had a, a good sentence in there that you're like, ooh, I really love that. Put that, repeat it as the subtitle so that someone can skim all your headlines and get the idea of what you're talking about and be able to walk away and know what your point was. And these are actually great tips for writing specifically, but also for those of you that are doing Facebook lives or trainings and putting video on YouTube, like having the outline with your main points and the brain dump can work for all of this to organize your thoughts before you turn, you know, before you hit record. I yeah. know a lot of people are like, how do I, how do I get all my thoughts organized? It's the same exact thing. It's just a different media video. You still need to organize your thoughts. You can't be all over the, over the place. Just like I have an outline for this podcast. I knew there was a place I wanted it to go, how I wanted it to go. And it helps organize the conversation between Jack and I. So um, those are really great tips that you can use no matter what kind of content you're creating, which I love. So you had mentioned earlier the journaling um, for those of us that process internally versus externally. I, am, I was curious though, are you, do you internally process or are you externally? Internal for the most yeah. part. Occasionally yeah. I'll be tired of looking at a screen though and I will use talk to text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say I'm definitely ex, more external if you're not surprised by that. Um, I would love actually anyone who's listening, we wanna hear, you know, do you internally process or externally? I'm really curious um, the split for my audience. I'm curious what kind of people we attract to the podcast, but also I think, like you said, try, figure out which one works best for you. I think one of the things that you keep saying over and over again is test, try, figure out what works for you. And I think that's really important when you are creating beautiful content and when you are writing is find the process that works 
for you, where you are today in this phase of your business or your writing. And again, that's another thing that I'm learning from you, Jack, is to trust the process, but also take action. And you take action by testing out these different ways to write. So back to journaling. Um, I had actually polled my community and my coaching group to see, I actually just said, you know, if you had a writing coach's ear, what is something that you would ask? And um, one of my coaching um, clients asked um, about journaling prompts to help set intentions for the day, to help set intentions for the piece that they're writing. And I was curious um, if you can share a little bit of the journaling prompts that you talked about for the internal processors. Yeah, there's a lot of directions you can go in with this. So one can be not going with a prompt at all and emptying out whatever is in your head, putting it there. Mm. Um, Julia Cameron talks about morning pages in the book, The Artist's Way, which I think is, the book is 40 years old now, which I love, I love a book that has, that lives on years and years and years. And it's random. It's whatever comes to mind. Like if some, I think she says, if someone read your morning pages, or if you read your morning pages and worry about how crazy you sound, you're doing it right. <laughs> so it's, it's wild, do whatever you want. Um, for some prompts, here are some of my favorite ones. To set yourself up for a great day. So there's also some brain science behind this piece too. So you're in the morning writing down, what, imagine it's the end of the day and you're writing about your day in past tense as if it already happened. So write that. So for instance, that could look like it's the end of the day. I had such a great time today doing this, this, and this, and this. I felt so good when I was present in this. So that prompt is imagine it's the end of the day, describe what just happened. And that can help help you look for those things to happen throughout the day. Um, one question, this is, from Todd Henry in The Accidental Creative. Yep. What makes me compassionately angry? So you're angry and what is it that propels you to do something helpful, awesome, or to serve in some way? Yep. And then to look inward, I wish everyone knew this. And then writing whatever comes to mind. So that could be about you or external. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, I love that. Do you teach this? <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, it's a little tricky to teach prompts, but yes. <laughs> like I just, all right. I have a total, uh, total business idea for you. So I will share after the podcast. If you're not surprised. I'm like, Oh, that's a business idea right there. I got I it. Love, I love your business brain. <laughs> <laughs> I will share that after the podcast. Cause that is going to be something that, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I, I love that because I, I'm new to journaling, you know, I'm, I'm new to meditation. And I say that like, you know, smiling and laughing at the same time, because what I always thought meditation was, was like the sitting, you know, the being quiet. And I was like, I can't do that. I can't sit still. And then I read an article that's basically, oh, you know what it was? I think it was um, Anderson Cooper. He said that he was 
having a hard time sitting still. So he freestyled and I was like, tell me more. Hmm. So the freestyle was the, you have quiet, however you have quiet, right? Like you find it wherever. So it's, if it's on the beach, it's on the beach. If it's in the woods, it's in the woods, but it's like having that quiet where you feel whole. And I was like, oh my God, I've been meditating for years. I just didn't know. <laughs> and then, and then the journaling too, the expectations of how to journal. But what I love that you just shared is that it comes from a deep place. So whether it's just the brain and I'm a total brain dump journaler. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I need the prompts, but typically it's like, just empty the brain so that you can have clarity on whatever it is you need to do today, for example. Um, but I love, again, it goes back to the testing and the trying and the not feeling like you have to go all in with something until it feels right. And again, it just, it's staying, staying true to what you said, um, in the beginning. And I I just love that. I just love it. Thank you. Yeah. Meditation has not, I've not always had a great relationship with it too. And I, I'm with you. I am more apt to go for more mindful moments throughout the day, Mm -hmm. like chopping an onion and just being there, which sounds sounds wild, but chopping an onion. You know what I was going to say was peeling hard boiled eggs. (laughs) That doesn't make me calm though. Feeling like I'm eggs is frustrating. Oh my God. The, the, the rolling of the egg to get it cracked just right. And then when I can peel that shell off in one piece. Oh, you'll have to teach me your ways. Oh my gosh. It's all about the ice bath. Do you do an ice bath? I do, but I think the last time I made them, I forgot. Yes. Okay. So now I'll be, I will think of you when I chop onions and I want you awesome. to think of me when you peel eggs. All good. <laughs> So I want to kind of go a little bit into a little more of your writing um, skills as far as a writing coach, because um, time, I know everyone thinks that, you know, they have less time now. Um, They want to do more in less time. I mean, you and I think are like, we want to do less (laughs) and make more. Um, But I know a question that people ask is how can I write faster? Like they get that block actually that it's funny. I know we've talked about how, how you feel about writer's block, but how can I write faster? Like I have 30 minutes that I need to, or an hour that I need to write a blog. How can I crank it out? Tell me what you would suggest if I was your client. First of all, I would ask what exactly does faster mean to you? Yeah. Like, are you taking four hours to write a blog post and you want to write it faster? So this could also be, are you comparing yourself to someone else's time? So I'd want, I'd want to clarify what fast means to you. Okay, cool. Some ways to write fast. I I think when you are writing from a place of true excitement or something you really know about, Mm -hmm. then writing happens quicker because you know about it and you're pretending you're writing to one person about something you're passionate about or love. So consider your topic. So if you're writing about a bunch of things that don't really mean anything to you, that might feel hard. Right. Um, another way to write faster, the Pomodoro technique. Some people love that, oh, which yeah. is the, like 25 minute sprints. And I'll do that sometimes if it's, if I'm resisting something or if it's something I've been putting off, procrastinating on, I set that timer for 25 minutes and there's something about hearing the ticking. So I, I have like a Chrome extension and 25 minutes, as much as you can get out, get it out and then you're done. If you want to keep going, go ahead and do another sprint or come back to it later. In a t- one 25 minute sprint, I've written 
first drafts, really, really, really crappy first drafts. So that's also another thing. When you talk about writing fast, keeping writing and editing completely separate. To write uh, fast, to write fast is writing complete garbage and knowing it's garbage. Mm. And that's the only, like, that's how I write. My first draft of everything is as fast as I can, emptying out. It will make no sense to almost anybody else. <laughs> and that's the point. So where you slow down is when you're thinking when you're writing. Yeah. So it's like switching your brain off and just letting the words fall out. That's, you know, I, I love that you separated the writing from the editing. And then, um, cause the way that I teach content, um, creation is in three phases, curation, which is where the ideas flow mm -hmm. creation, where you turn those ideas into your message. And then the third is getting it out to the world. So I think that that's kind of where you're at right now. And I'm going to segue into, I know you're writing a book and you've done the curation, you've written it, um, and you're in the editing phases. Tell us a little bit of, about your book. Yeah, so I am deep in it. It has taken me way longer than I expected. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm a little, two, about two and a half years into the process, mm -hmm. and I wrote the first very, very messy first draft during one November, or National Novel Writing Month. It's, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's a challenge to write 50,000 words in 30 days. And I was like, this sounds like a great way to write my book. And I did it. So super fast. That works out to about 1,600 words a day. They were words that <laughs> made no sense when I went back to them. I wrote it fast and furious for a month, and then I didn't touch it for a year. Uh. I don't know if that was part I needed. So definitely, I definitely do recommend if you write something really fast, let it sit, and mm -hmm. then come back to it, whether that's at least a day. I took a year, so maybe not recommended. But when I revisited it, I had so many new ideas and ways to shape it. So I went back and revised all that original material. And for the most part, that first draft was a self-development book. It was all about how to live more calmly, embracing having less stuff, enjoying your life more, taking a laid back on fussy approach to life. And then the whole book shifted at one point where, so unexpectedly, <laughs> I met with an intuitive who I'd met at a net, uh, an in-person event. Mm -hmm. We're having a conversation and she's like, tell me about your book. So I started telling her and she's like, I don't think your book's self-development. She's like, I think it's a memoir. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it didn't, that, that advice didn't resonate in the minute or in the moment. And then I went back to what my editor had started commenting in the book. And all her comments were around, give me a personal story here. Like, why do you believe this? Tell me more. I'm like, oh, it is a memoir. Oh <laughs> so I had, to, I had to dig back and like, okay, how do I write a memoir now? So, I mean, I never would have set out to do that to begin with. And also I'm like, who am I to write a memoir? So that's a whole other <laughs> limiting thought rabbit hole that I could go down that I'm not going to go there today. Um, so digging back into, okay, why did I believe all these things? And all the advice I had shared in the original draft was because of my, my entire life experience of yes. things that had happened to me and things that I chose. So I reworked the entire thing, added lots of stories and I'm in the home stretch now, which is good news. <laughs> right. At the time of this recording, which is July, 2020, we expect to have that book in our hands soon. 
like yes. within months, maybe. Or less. Yeah. So that's exciting. And you guys will make sure that we add um, all the details to get on Jack's email list. You can be the first to hear about it. Um, and I, I would say like one of the things that really excites me about your book is that you are sharing your experience. And I love to talk about how the only way to set ourselves apart from everyone else like us is to share our stories and sound more like me and be more authentic. And so I feel like that's, it, in my opinion, what's, what's going to set your book apart is that it's your journey. Yep. Thank you for saying that. So I want you to remember that as you go to market it. And then you call me and be like, help me market my book. And I'll be like, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Oh, I will. I'll have the little bobbleheads of Jack. <laughs> and That's we'll put them on everyone's desk. So <laughs> I do want to ask you a couple more questions before we wrap up that I think um, will help my audience, um, you know, really connect more deeply with you, but also feel more connected to their writing. So um, where do you get your best ideas or inspiration from, whether it's for content that you're writing or your book or your social media? Content ideas come from everywhere, which yeah. I know isn't really an answer. Um, and I always recommend that you keep a Google Doc or however you keep it, keep your files, Evernote, yep. a running list of ideas of like, oh, I could write about that. Ooh, yeah. I have an opinion on that. Just keeping a long list. I think my list of ideas is probably around a hundred ideas right now. Yeah. Of things awesome. I could write about. So when I don't have an idea in the moment or I'm sitting down to write a blog, I'll look to that list, scan it and write what jumps out. Yeah. But more often where I get ideas are what's happening in my community, what clients are asking me, because that feels really top of mind, really relevant mm -hmm. and really easy to write about because it's stuff something I just shared so if I'm sharing advice with a one-on-one -on -one client about how to do something in particular that's top of mind I could even take a transcript if we had a recorded conversation and turn it into a blog post all about repurposing as much yeah. as possible ideas from books from out in the world I, I think if, if I ever feel uninspired it means I need to change something, like shake something up. So whether that's going outside, changing up my routine for the day, walking a different route in the morning, something like that can, yeah. oh, can unlock some of those ideas. Right. And paying attention to what inspires you versus what's overwhelming you or feeling heavy. I think that's, yes. that's something that I love to teach about too. Um, and, and just having, yeah. having our listeners, identify what it is that allows them to feel inspired and feel passionate. And, and I always go back to the lighthouse and I really, I have lighthouses um, in my office. So when I'm feeling kind of tense or tight and things are feeling heavy, I just remind myself of the, of the components for me of, for the lighthouse or being uh, by the ocean, right? It's an immediate like it's like it snaps me right out of it. And I'm like, nope, that's right. Like those are the pieces that inspire me. That's what feels light. I want to go back to that space and I want to create in that space. And mm. I love that you mentioned like getting out, like moving, right? We have to move our body. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like we could definitely get stuck. I use my Fitbit as the reminder for sure. Like 
I could, I could literally, I love what I do so much that I could literally sit at my laptop for eight hours and I would not even know that the day had gone by like it. it and, and that's good, but it's also horrible that, you know, at the end of the day, I could have 2000 steps and that's only because I got up to pee every couple of hours. Right. Um, so I love that reminder. So before we wrap, Jack, tell me, um, tell my listeners, where can we find you? Where can we learn more about you? Um, where, how do we get involved in the right like a mofo community? Tell us more. Yeah, the best place to find everything is my website. So JacquelineFish.com. Awesome. We'll include that in the notes. And anything else you want to add or before we close? I think we covered it all. <laughs> Actually, you know what I wanted to say? I really love your lighthouse analogy. Oh. So in your writing, if you can, or anything you're communicating, sharing content, video. How can you be the lighthouse? I love yeah. that, that comparison. I love that. I, and actually I want that for everyone who listens. I want you guys to remember, and I'll, I'll show, I'll wrap with this because I think metaphorically you'll love this, Jack, is, you know, a lighthouse stands tall and strong on an island and the lighthouse doesn't keep its beacon on 24 seven all the way around, right? It continually turns around and around and shines the light throughout the ocean for the boats that can see it. If the light was on all the time, it would look like a star in the sky and it wouldn't be the beacon calling me to the island. So it is so important to be revolving and rotating and staying consistent in your message when you're putting content out there, whether it's in a blog or a video or your next book. It is about being authentic. It is about staying consistent. It is about trusting that gut factor that Jack talked about. And the last thing we will say, it is about creating before you consuming. There mm -hmm. we go. That's I have, it. I have goosebumps. With I that. know. I love it, Jack. Like thank, you, wrap up. thank you so much for being a guest on the Market Your Biz Better podcast. I don't think this conversation is over. I have about I think seven ideas that I still want to ask and maybe we'll have you inside of the social post ideas group. So with that said, Jack, get back to editing that book. Can't wait to have that book be a part of the world and so that we can get our hands on it. We'll see you guys. Thanks, Jack. Thank you. This is so good. Bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to this episode of the Market Your Biz Better podcast. I absolutely love connecting you to the people who help me market my biz better. I know there are tons of podcasts that you can listen to, so I'm pretty excited that you've chosen to listen to mine. Now, I want you to hop on over to the show notes, use all those links that we dropped over there for you that we mentioned in this episode, and I will see you next time. Now go market your biz better.